You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast. I am so excited today. It was a beautiful weekend. October is officially upon us. Uh, it's just awesome to bring out the Halloween decorations, start getting the house all, all set up for Halloween, as I do every year. We go, we go pretty big here around the house. I am also excited to report that my Las Vegas Raiders finally got a victory this, uh, this season, their first win against... Brad Williams, the comedian who's been on this show, is a big Broncos fan, so I texted him and said thanks. Hopefully they get the start that they needed for the rest of the season. Um, apparently they went from, you know, like a 1% chance of making the playoffs with that win to uh, now I think it's like a 14%. So in the wise words of Lloyd Christmas, you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just been a w- wonderful weekend, and I, of course I'm excited uh, for you guys to hear this chat today with a very awesome guest, the very talented, the very nice, the very awesome lead singer of Alter Bridge and Slash and the Conspirators, Miles Kennedy is on the show today and uh he couldn't have been a better guest honestly even the fact that he came back on you guys will hear uh what that was all about right here at the top of the show but uh, i've been texting with miles since and uh it, it's he's just been great uh our connection through a good friend andy oliphant uh both of us had talked uh about him here in this chat and then reached out to him and andy gave me a, a phone call after he talked to miles and uh, I got to got to chat with Andy again, so that was great. Again, we talk about that. We talk about so much more. Alter Bridge has a new record coming out later next week. That's going to be October 14th. Pawns and Kings is uh, coming out. And uh, make sure you guys check that out. I've heard the whole record. They sent it to me before I was able to chat with Miles. It is a fantastic record. The singles are already great. I know you guys have heard. Um, but so much more on this on this album to uh, get into. That'll be coming out October 14th. We get into a little bit of that. We get into a great story of the time that Miles Kennedy was an actor on the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg, Jennifer Aniston, Timothy Oliphant. We get into all that. Some other cameos from Zach Wilde and a couple other guys. Uh, I think it was uh, Jason Bonham is, is, is a drummer in there. If you haven't seen the movie, go check that out. You'll see my guest this week, Miles Kennedy, on there. Um, we also had a great uh, turnout for our sauce, the Devil's Chode. Drinks with Johnny's De- Devil's Chode hot sauce already sold out. We dropped it on Friday, 
and uh, it sold out on Sunday. We just did 20 bottles, and uh, you know, Brandon is already asking me, should we run another another batch? Uh, if you guys think we should, make sure you tweet it, tweet about that, and maybe we'll run another batch for uh, I don't know, maybe the holiday season. Maybe we'll we'll do a holiday devil's chode for you. But anyways, uh, I'll talk to you guys a little bit more at the end. We'll be doing a follow-up later on in the week with Miles. But for now, let's just listen to this chat. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's up, Miles? How are you doing today, man? Good. How are you doing? Man, uh, I'm having a little bit of uh, deja vu. Otherwise, I'm doing great. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I love talking with you. This is great. Yeah, man. Thanks again for doing this uh, for a second time. Uh, for the listeners and viewers at home uh, that don't know, uh, this is now the second time I've had uh, Miles on the show, technically. You guys had, didn't get a chance to see that episode because uh, I lost the file. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy, though, man. I don't know. Like, There's a lot of technical uh, things that could happen when I'm doing these podcasts. I've learned over the last couple of years of doing it. And for all you guys out there starting a podcast or a show like this, don't feel bad when, you, when this shit happens. I've talked to a lot of other people who have done it even longer than me. It happens all the time. But this one was rare for me, dude. I got I to gotta tell you a quick story about how it happened. I took my computer with me, uh, my Mac Mini. I probably should just get a laptop and have a separate one to travel with. At any rate, my computer guy is actually the one who works on it, was somehow logged in. I took it with me to Pennsylvania. He sees that there's a, a computer logged into his account in Pennsylvania and says, that's not me. So in what happens is Apple security works too well. It doesn't, it completely, instead of just knocking me off of that iCloud server or whatever that I didn't even know I was connected to, it completely zeroed out my entire computer. Weird. Like remotely. Did you know that, that, that like that even, that, that even no. happened? That's, cr that's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of makes me feel good in a way to know that Apple's on it to that degree. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, I try my best to, to handle those said technical difficulties that might happen from time to time. But this one was just like, I was like, I, how the fuck was I even supposed to know that was going to happen? Like there was no right? backing of that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, it's all good. We're, uh, we're here. We're going to have a great time. Absolutely, man. Um, I heard you, uh, you, you've you been doing some press all day, so uh, I, I hope uh, your voice is going to hold up in this. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, I had to dust the cobwebs off. It, this is a good, you you caught me in like, you start to kind of get your rhythm at this point. I'm, right. I've been out for like 90 minutes. But yeah, initially, you, you can't string sentences to get, at least I can't in, in, the, in the morning. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. in fact, I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh man, uh, you know, it's just like, how am I going to get this stupid brain to work? Coffee. That's coffee. How. Yeah. You got coffee, that metal show. Did you get, were you oh, yeah. from being on there? Is that? Yeah. I got that yeah. from being on there. I don't, geez, that was quite a while ago, but uh, yeah, I, I covet this cup. I love this. Yeah. Cup. It's a great <laughs> show. Are they, I, I talked to them uh, not too long ago um, and they were talking about possibly bringing it back as like a, a web series kind of thing or a podcast like um but i don't think that that has come to fruition unfortunately i heard that too i i hope they do i mean i thought it was great yeah you know. they have i mean they had great guests obviously i mean they had well great guests, with the know? exception of me but <laughs> <laughs> well, the ratings ratings went way down when i was on <laughs> <laughs> i doubt that i doubt that but um 
a lot of these a lot of these things that we're going to talk about we already covered the last time but you know i'm i'm excited because i could get a little deeper into it are you ready for that because i'm like i'm like i'm more ingratiated now with your new record for alter bridge uh pawns and kings than i was then you know i, I cool. listened to it a bit but now i've like listened to it a lot a bit okay so i wanted to start cool. there if you're okay with that and uh yeah absolutely one of the things I noticed more and more listening to it is the actual recording. We talked a little bit about that before, but um, who was the producer and mixer on this? Because what I loved about the actual sonic uh, uh, compartment of, of the album is it didn't sound overproduced. There's a lot of records right now that, are, you know, we don't need to name names or anything like that, but they have the same triggers on the drums. They have the same shit. It's like, a little bit of that, you know, to clean it up and polish it is cool, but it, I like the way, in particular, the drums and the snare sounds on this record. It sounds a, quite a bit more natural than some of the other records I'm, I'm hearing these days. Yeah, Elvis, so Michael Basquette, um, we call him Elvis because he looks like Elvis. <laughs> um, and he's been making, we've been working together off and on, really mostly on since, two th well, the first record I ever did with him was in 2000 he was an engineer and he just done he he'd engineered the the make yourself record uh, the incubus record oh, and he'd done record. yeah he'd done he just was on he was kind of on a tear and he was just getting started he was he was very young so that's where i first met him made uh, he was engineering the second mayfield four record and um then fast forward to about 2000 was it 2007 when we did Blackbird and we we brought him in to do the second the the second Alter Bridge record and he's been at the helm ever since um and he's just he's great I mean he's yeah. not only is he great great at getting sounds um but he's got a really strong arrangement sense and uh, he's got he's got song chops you know so that's that's been a really He's been a, in a very important asset, I feel, uh, especially with Mark and I, because we bring in a lot of ideas, and he's really he's able to help us filter the ideas, and and we'll you know take the here's the good stuff, here's what we're going to work on, and, and and you know understands how to put on the kid gloves and work with our fragile musician egos. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very underrated uh, uh, attribute of a producer. Like I, I think that's maybe like, the most important. Yeah, yeah. When they can when they can bridge that gap between two artists like yourselves writing and, and you know bringing stuff to the table and right yeah that could get that could get hairy sometimes you need that you need that outside perspective everyone every once in a while yeah. right yeah I, I, absolutely i know i do i mean i get lost if i i'm always amazed i don't know about you but when you hear about artists that produce their own records like prince there was an example and clearly he did a good job of it but i i i don't think i would be up for that job because i i need somebody to say okay this could be better or have you thought about approaching it this way um yeah that's it's 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 important is that so that actually begs the question for me um i've noticed it i guess for myself but like in a band you know there's for us there's four or five guys working on the same uh you know our overarching art for an album so we're, there's a little bit of checks and balances just in that in our writing and then demoing and stuff like that as a solo artist, I, I wouldn't, that I agree with you would be way more difficult. Like if you're just writing from, you know, picking up the guitar for the first time, doing the riffs for the melodies to recording it, producing everything like that, like Prince did, that would be a whole other thing. Um, that actually brings me to your solo stuff though. That's, is that not how you're doing your solo records? Well, yeah, as far as the write the writing process and that is a real, 
that was a challenge because especially on the second one on Ides of March, you know, the world had shut down. So yeah. I really had to go in my studio and trust my instincts from the, from the arrangements, you know, obviously from the songs, but also the arrangements and, you know, putting together these realized demos that then I would hand over to, to my band. Um, and yeah, that was really, that was a tremendous amount of work. Um, it was good for me. And I think it kind of tightened my, my studio chops a little bit, but, uh, I do like the idea of like with Alter Bridge where I look at it, like if I'm submitting a demo, it's, a, mm. I'd look at it like a shell. So I'll, I'll come in with, here's, here's, here's like the intro, here's a riff, here's the verse, here's the chorus. And then I like to leave like a middle section, like, okay, Mark, what do you, what do you have? That's going to complement this. Cause it does two things. It takes it into a territory that I might not have thought of. And it also, my, my songwriting partner, he feels involved with the song as opposed to you just hand in a completed song. Here's everything. Everybody play exactly what I hear. Drummer doesn't want to have to play my crappy drum programming anyway. <laughs> you know? So, so it's like, I, I feel very uh, passionate about that, that yeah. you, everybody has to take ownership of the song. Otherwise, you know, it's just, it's different. And I'm yeah. sure you guys probably the same thing. Yeah. I mean, each song is different, right? It, it, on every album, it, it, it changes from, riff to riff even note to note it sometimes it feels like how much each person is involved in, the, in everything but by the end of it I feel like in our band by the end of it when we're ready to put it out everyone's put a put a, a fingertip at least in each song of some kind so it really does feel like ours because I mean you know we've we've talked about it before um in uh, other interviews and stuff like in Avenge there's songs when we had Jimmy the Rev Sullivan with us and he would just come with these entire opuses like little piece of heaven just done and we're like and all in his head and we're like well we ain't gonna fuck, fucking touch that that you gotta go <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> we'll play it and fucking let's put it out you know and there, there's right. there's seldom moments but there are moments like that where something like that will happen but then the album as a whole kind of takes shape with everyone uh contributing right and that's a beautiful and, and that's great because then there's that chemical reaction and it's that some of its parts you know you create this this thing that would not have existed had you not all put your heads into it. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I love that. You know, I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, I think that you guys, your new record, I've heard the whole thing. Most of the people have only heard four of the songs, right. That are out right now, but mm -hmm. it's also, it's also great. We had to redo this. This is going to be closer to your album release now. It's coming out <laughs> October 14th. So Perfect. <laughs> it, it works out timing wise a little better, but, um, I'm excited for everyone to hear the rest of the, the songs. I mean, the, the two that they've heard that I've already into is like Sin After Sin and uh, the last song, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Silver Silver Tongue? or Silver Tongue's the first one that, right. well, for the second song. I, I got my phone right here, man. I'm already, uh, Pawns and Kings. Is, Pawns uh, and Kings, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. The, the one that's, I, I, again, we, we talked about it before because it was like the second one you guys had released for this record. Uh, Pawns and Kings. And it's the last song on the record, which was like, that's 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 a that's different to me. A lot of times, you, right. you, you're at least like song one or two and song four, and then the record right. comes out. Right. So talk to me about like how that song got chosen to be one of the ones you're going to release um, before the before the record comes out. That was a surprise for me as well because that was a song that wasn't even going to make the record that was a song <clears throat> like as far as we talked about that whole process of demoing right i 
and I had, I had been whittling away on that one for a while and, and just had all these parts. And when it, I had plenty of other demos that were f- more fully realized. And so I put those up on the, on our, you know, our folder. Mm. And then, it, but you know, sometimes you're sitting there at the, after all the songs are up and the producer will be like, Hey, do you guys have any other songs you didn't submit? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've got a, a bunch, but you're not going to, you know, it's, they're not really ready to go. Let me hear it. So I, I played that and he's like, that's going on the record. It's like, oh, geez. All right. So fortunately, we got it in the uh, context and, and it became alter bridgeified. You know, we, was, we were able to kind of whittle down all the all the parts and, and make it a, a realized vision. And so but with that said, I was surprised it even made the cut to make the record. And then when it was the one of the first tracks to be released, it just goes to show you just like what we were talking about. It's just so important to have other uh, other people ex, you know outside of your uh, what you're doing with fresh perspective it's that fresh perspective that totally you know will make or make or break things in a lot of ways because you get so you know you you're, you're, you're looking at every little detail every little hammer on pull off and you know whatever is going on and you're like oh it's you know you just you're too locked in so it's it's good to have that that uh, those people you trust absolutely and then as you know as we were talking about when everybody gets a little a little part of it, you know, you you come with this song and then you alter bridgeify it, as you said, you know, and then it becomes what we get to hear now. And like I said, it's just it's one of my favorite records on the song, even um, oh, cool. on it. So I mean, it's just really cool. I'm I'm glad I'm glad someone uh, told you it needed to make the record there. So. <laughs> <And> me too. <laughs> I was just it's funny though because um on another like personal note i was just listening to it yesterday i was on my way to the the raiders game i know they fucking lost right fuck off um <laughs> and uh, i picked up my buddy who's a big chargers fan i've known him since fifth grade he's like he's like my best friend in the world we go to the, this game every year and i had uh just been listening to the record over the weekend again and it was on the on the speakers in the car and he was like what is that and i was like oh it's it's a new altar bridge and he's like oh shit that sounds really fucking good and then like we continued listening to it and uh i just let you know that oh well, that's you got, cool. you, got, you got a fan out of that and he's he likes good music for the most part you know he likes my band so it's all right <laughs> well no i, I appreciate that you know you, it's, it's just like we were talking about it. sometimes you you just don't know you know you, you spend so much time kind of immersed in the in the process right and you you'll sometimes you by the time you're done you don't know if it's good anymore you're just like well i hope people like it (laughs) and how and it's been and to that point it's been done for how long now like i mean from demoing to to getting it done and then sitting on it waiting so a lot of people at home may not understand how long that process can really be and how long you've lived with the songs before they first hear them yeah yeah fortunately this record's kind of unique in that sense in that the i don't think i started really trying to put things together till about december of last year mm-hmm. so in a lot of ways and you know how it is that it can be year years prior to an album release where you have you start you know building the ideas um so these these songs kind of feel like they're fresh out of the oven <laughs> you know there's that that's there's, good so you're you're ready for that tour you guys announced too you got a big big tour coming up next year so exactly. starting in january so you guys are fresh and ready for it 
fresh and ready. Maybe that's what we'll call the tour. <laughs> It'd be like a hot loaf of bread or something. We'll sell Alter Bridge loaves of bread out fresh in the oven. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope that makes at least one of the one of the admins for the for the for the, for the tour. I'll credit you. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Just gotta have the butter just like kind of melting over it somehow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some garlic butter. It'll be delightful. Well, I'll just have my graphic guy, Brandon. You got to put that like, on the corner of this video. <laughs> uh, see, now we're having fun. Now we're back to having fun. Right, right, now. right. Uh, we can transition from music real quick because there was uh, you shared an amazing story on the last time that we had this chat about your time on the set of the movie Rockstar, and it really stuck with me. And I was I was hoping you'd be able to share a little bit more from that. I know. You know, uh, for everyone at home who hasn't seen the movie for whatever reason, go check it out. It's an amazing movie uh, based on loosely on the true story of Judas Priest uh, uh, when they uh, replaced Halford for a little while. Um, at any rate, you have a role in the movie um, as a as a fan, you know, coming up and taking taking control of the stage. There's Zach Wilds in the show. There's some other people. Um, but t walk me through that set and how you even got into acting and kind of as we talked about last time, why you haven't, why we haven't seen you in a movie since, man. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think the main reason you haven't seen me in a movie since is because I discovered that actors get up really, really early. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that was my first and only acting experience. But how it happened was I was, it was, it was kind of strange. I was just hanging out on, you know, up here in Spokane where I live, Spokane, Washington, and I get a call from my manager and he's like, yeah, there's, and I'd heard this movie was being made. I'd heard there were other artists involved with the movie, <clears throat> but I was really surprised when they reached out and I was just like, okay, well, great. I, I how did you even hear about it? Cause at the time I just had a Mayfield four record under my belt. Um, and it was through Brendan O'Brien who had mixed the first Mayfield four record. And I guess, guess he'd kind of submitted my name into the hat because they wanted somebody who could sing the part but also kind of look the part whatever mm -hmm. and i guess once they, <laughs> they they had a nice outfit they were gonna they were gonna put on whoever wait yeah that wasn't that wasn't what you showed up with that le that red yeah. leather that red leather suit wasn't what you showed up with the the the, <laughs> the, the leather suit and that hair that was yeah. not my hair it's amazing how many people think that was my hair i was like i wish i had hair like that. <laughs> i think you could i think you could pull it off i think you could pull it off miles I don't know. That's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, massive head of hair. Um, but, but yeah, it was so it was like, that's, that's how, I get, how it happened. So I went down and read for the part. And to my surprise, got it and then went into the studio and they wanted to make sure I could sing the, the song. And uh, yeah, it was it was a trip. I mean, I just didn't understand the magnitude, at least at the time, of how Hollywood worked and just like how much went into all of that and getting to to see the behind the scenes. And and uh, it was really, really incredible. Like, I remember one time I was standing there, we were waiting to shoot or we were rehearsing. It was during rehearsals and I had these sunglasses 
And somehow the sunglasses, they something broke. There's no big deal. I just put my sunglasses in my pocket. Mm. And somehow somebody found out, oh, we heard your, your sunglasses broke. We'll get somebody to fix those for you. I'm like, this is great. This wouldn't happen <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Here you go. And yeah. fix my sunglasses. Like they have a professional sunglass fixer, you know, on these big budget. Dude, I got to get me one of those. I didn't know that, that existed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it, but I say that to illustrate the magnitude of it you know right. just how it's just so much so much different than being in the music industry and um it was cool i mean i getting to hang out with zach wild and and meeting jason bonham and and jeff pilson was great everybody was great and, and mark Wahlberg was great and it was just a really cool experience and you know the last when we finished filming zach you could you know he's just a great guy and and he said hey why don't we have a why don't we have a beer and took me in his trailer and we you know we talked to him he kind of lit up when he found out my my grandfather was was a marine in world war ii and we got to talking about that a little oh, bit shit, and, i didn't know that yeah yeah and uh, uh so we were like you know just i'm just hanging out with zach wild and then I told him I also play guitar, and so he gives me a box of his custom guitar strings. I think they were—I forget which brand they were at the time. But but it was just sorry. That's my dog Mozart. He's freaking out. Oh, um, I was I wasn't sure if that was your dog or or. Uh, oh, maybe it is your that, dog. Yeah, that might be my dog. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's actually not my dog. We're dog sitting, and she's a. Bit oh, you of are. A, yeah, she's a bit of a yapper. What kind of dog is it? Oh, it's a complete mutt that they found. Uh, her name is Sola for uh, South LA. They've uh, my my friend is a is a teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, and the dog was left in a box behind the elementary school. Oh man! So they took her in and named her Sola South LA. So uh, nice. yeah, nice. So, that I mean she's older. They've had her for a lot of years now. But they're uh, so we're dog sitting, and she she's not used to the used to the house so any sounds outside she's sure. uh, she's barking but i like i i, I could have just let it ride with you though man now now i feel <laughs> like like i'm ruining the the chat <laughs> no well, i actually i should have put it on you it was like yeah that was totally mozart that was i have no idea what that was <laughs> no I, I you're you're talking to the right guy for dogs entering into the because i man i love dogs like yeah. i just think they're the best i don't care if they're big dogs little guys there's just i'm a dog a, person it's too. that unconditional love right yeah it's great but i've become a cat person too because we during the pandemic we the, i don't want to say we adopted it it adopted us we had this feral cat that would wander around the neighborhood beautiful black cat looked like somebody took a panther and put it in a dryer and it was just like <laughs> put just, it in a, oh because it's fluffy well, it's massive, it's, oh, okay, yeah, mass, yeah. it's a massive cat it's a big cat and it looks like a panther but you just just shrunk down a little bit anyway so it kind of took took a liking to my wife my wife would be out working in the garden and this cat would just sit there and stare at selena kind of creepy i'd watch the whole thing go down I was like what is going on out there and then before you know it that she started to kind of build a bond and now i mean he he's wandering around somewhere in the house and hmm. he's a cool cat his name's azriel named him after the angel of death wow black and, and kind of <laughs> a ominous. black black panther named israel all right yeah. or, uh, Azrael, sorry. Azrael. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah i mean i know you uh, you're a big uh, we didn't get into it too much i mean we talked a little bit about mozart and how uh uh you, you did that song for the last uh slash in the conspirators um uh record from the perspective the perspective rather of the dog yeah um, and that, that that was interesting you know that was, 
And you, you, you tell the story a little bit about that real quick before we get back to Rockstar. Sure. sure. Yeah, that was, so what was that? Fill My World, I think was the name of that song. And yeah, what, how did that go down? So we were on our way back. I was finishing up a tour and my wife was with me and we normally the dog is like at a dog sitting place they you know dog hotel and when, when we're on the road and it's, he loves it there and uh, and they love him which is great but we thought we were going to be back this this evening so we had somebody drop the dog off the house and we were going to leave the airport and everything's gonna be cool well long story short the storm rolls in and we can't the plane can't land so he's at the house and we're watching him on the cameras and he he's i don't know about if you've seen this with dogs but they don't like storms they don't like thunder and they don't like lightning it just freaks them out right so fireworks our dogs are oh my that's the worst right oh yeah it can be yeah we we've learned to do like the cbd or or thc little pills just to like calm them down and stuff on on fourth of july that's a pretty big celebration down here in huntington i don't know if you're aware it's like pretty big celebration here I dig that's same. No, it's the same thing. So we, we go out to this place and it happened this summer and, and we do the same thing, CBD, the whole thing for him. And people will basically shoot fire, like, like industrial strength fireworks into the lake. Like, (laughs) and like just a few houses down. It's great for us to be able to see, but not so much for the dogs. (laughs) Exactly. And he just freaks, he just freaks out. So, so, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something that dogs (laughs) don't seem to like. So anyways, the storm, yeah, the storm rolls in and we're watching the dog and it's it's breaking our hearts because he's just panicked and we're not there to take care of him. So the song is written from his perspective, you know, the idea of, you know, please, please come back and 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 but but it's if you didn't know that story you'd think it was about humans so it could right. apply to like you know, more of a romantic s- scenario or losing somebody or wh- whatever it is but it was truth be told written from mozart's perspective yeah, yeah. <laughs> mozart's perspective too just has a nice ring to it yeah. not, not like if you don't know the name of, of miles dog <laughs> mozart's perspective <laughs> also is a is a is pretty funny it's, it's <laughs> there's layers to that there miles there i like is. it <laughs> but no, and moreover, the one thing that we didn't get a, a chance to talk about is I know that uh, I read somewhere or our fan, one of our fans that uh, helped actually give me like a bunch of these notes, like one of your biggest fans is uh, in our discord. And as I said before, you're one of the most requested guests we've had here on the show. And she's sending me this stuff. And apparently uh, you've, you've been a bit of an activist in some uh, animal uh, fun, uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how, how that's worked out for, or what you've uh, done for animals in uh, your activism? Yeah. You know, just a few years ago, it was about 10 years ago. I did something in, in Africa and was with Slash and, and, and a few others. And long story short, it was my first experience with elephants. And mm-hmm. I just was, both my wife and I, both Celine and I were like, catch, so just uh, spellbound by these incredible creatures. And then we got to talking with one of our kind of guides who's also very, very involved with a number of things down there pertaining to the animals. And, and he was telling us about you know, the poaching problem and all that. So essentially mm-hmm. for a while there, we were involved with um, just trying to help raise awareness between the poaching with elephants and, and rhinos as well. And um, um, I mean, there was a song we did in two, it was on the, I believe it's on the world on fire record. It's been so many years. Um, mm. 
years ago, we did basically, we had a video that, and it's been so long and I'm trying to remember the exact, <laughs> it's been, that's how many records I've made since then. Jeez, yeah. Miles. Um, that's a, that, that's a good problem to have. Well, <laughs> yes and no, but it's a, it, sometimes you're like, really, dude, you can't remember the name of your own songs anymore. But it has been when you have three different bands, it does get yeah. to the point where you're like, good Lord. Um, but, but yeah, it's, so that was, that was something that, um, that we were involved with for a while. And, and, um, yeah, and elephants are, they're amazing. You know, there's, if you've ever stood near one or like underneath one and just, there's something it's hard to articulate, but you, you feel, you can just kind of feel this presence that's so majestic and powerful man i don't know if i've ever experienced it with another creature it's just well obviously they're so massive but they're right. but you know but you, they're so intelligent too and i think that's some that's some of the allure for me is just knowing there's so much going on um behind those those you know big beautiful tusks yeah and, man uh, yeah i've never i've never been underneath or anything close like that uh, i guess my only real interaction with elephants other than uh, you know like a safari zoo or something like that was first time i was out in thailand uh, I noticed that they were, and I don't know if the they're smaller or what, but they were like riding the elephants like that, like like horseback. But it was elephant, right. and it wasn't part of a tour or anything like that. Like it was literally these people alongside the freeway. That's how they were commuting was riding the backs of of elephants. Right. I'm sure you've been out to Thailand a couple of times and seen, uh, or even um, the Philippines or some places like this and seen some of that going on. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, definitely seen seen some of that going on, and and you know, there's also, and that's a tricky one with some with a, with a lot of that stuff. Once you kind of learn about, um, especially with tour with the tourist industry and whatnot, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of a it can be kind of controversial as far as what they're actually doing to the elephants. And, and, and so, and I didn't know any of that. That was the thing that yeah. some, of our, some of the friends that we met through, through some of these causes, you know, educate us are like, yeah, that's some of that, some of that stuff isn't always good. And, and so that was, that was good to, to understand. But um, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, they're uh, some of the most incredible creatures on the planet I, ho I hope to experience that one day as well i have not one of the places i haven't been able to uh, visit yet is uh, africa what's up everybody i am finn mckenty host of the punk rock nba podcast part of the sound talent media podcast network my podcast is all about doing what you love for a living and every week i sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that for example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one -on -one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. So...
you said at the beginning that's that's where you were out uh, uh, doing this. And have you been back? Is this someplace you've been to more than once, or have you only been to the continent uh, that time? I was. I went back. Was it 2018? I went for my solo for for it was like one of the first solo runs. You did, you and, went out uh, just for just for Miles Kennedy solo. Yeah, in, in just acoustic. Just, just acoustic. You just flew down with like now. Some see now I'm picturing Miles Kennedy going to the airport with just his acoustic guitar on his back, ready to go to all these places in Africa. That's that that's have a guitar will travel. That is <laughs> awesome, man. That that's was, incredible. I I lo- and I love doing that stuff because the thing is is when you just show up with some acoustic guitars you've got i mean you're out, you're putting yourself out there and one of the things i don't have a problem being a dork I, I, look i'm I, i'm kind of a kind of a goofy guy and i and i embrace that <laughs> as the years go on i'm not going to try in front and when you're just going out there with acoustic guitars that will kind of come through or you'll just say did i really just say that oh no but <laughs> you're keeping it like a conversation because it's yeah. not like a big production it's not like a show it's more like you're in a room with a bunch of people and you're 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 you know sharing songs and sharing stories and 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 that's really fun so with that said yeah, I've got to got to go down there and do a little safari and that was cool. What there was one thing, I don't know if I've ever told this story. We were at this place and it was beautiful and they were wonderful to us. But this mm-hmm. on this one occasion and it was just kind of a fluke. My wife was getting ready to get, you know, lights were turn off the lights, getting ready to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I just hear this shriek. And, was, and Selena and I look, oh my God, what's wrong? And she's just pointing at the floor and there was this, I kid you not, it was, it was a scorpion about this big, oh, shit. massive black scorpion that she just about stepped on when she got into bed. I mean, like that close to step on. And we, Damn. so we did some research and we reached out to our buddy who educated us about the, the elephants and whatnot and said, Hey, what do you know? About? And he took a picture of the scorpion. What do you know about the scorpion? And he's like, well, what I know is, is that particular scorpion, if you'd have stepped on it, the tour would have been over. You could have been in the hospital for weeks. Like, so she really kind of dodged a bullet on that one. But with that said, I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the um, dynamic of, 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 you know, going on safaris and going into the, the, the animal's world, you know, we're just guests. And that's what's kind of cool about it. Just try not to get stung by a scorpion in the process. Yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you nailed it right there. I mean, it, it is cool to go see them in their natural environment. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I, mean, and, I mean, kind of in our natural environment, you know, if you really break it down. But and, and right. it's cool to like go back to that and see that a little bit and safely. <laughs> Thank God she didn't. That didn't happen to her. You know? right. but, but that's still cool. You got to see a big ass fucking scorpion like that oh. right next to your bed. That's rad. <laughs> it's massive. It was. I've never seen anything quite like it. And I guess the bigger, at least in that part of the world, the bigger that the stinger is, the tail. I guess mm-hmm. the more you know, potent it is. And it was. Ah. so it's it not a like one. a lot of spiders. So, so sometimes the spider. I don't know. I'm I'm probably fucking this up. But like uh, some arachnid. Uh, Ologists or whatever they're called could, 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 but like, I feel like in spiders, like sometimes it's the smaller ones or sometimes with other animals, it's the smaller ones. That yeah, are that's more true. Prominent. 
or that is true. And, venom. and I think it's that way. It can be that way with certain scorpions as well. But I guess for whatever Maybe reason, that one. particular one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not a scorpion specialist. <laughs> Although I do love the band, the Scorpions. But they're a great band. <laughs> and then you got you get other things like that. That might be a tied into it, like Sting. You know, the, 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 you know, that's a great. Nice. Both. I'm. A, I'm actually a big. I love Sting. I, I am too. I mean, yeah. I mean. Well, first of all, who the fuck isn't? I mean. Well, we're talking about the musician and songwriter Sting, and of course, but I'm also a big fan of the wrestler Sting too. So, like the wrestler yeah. Sting, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're just gonna go down this whole rabbit hole thing of insects and uh, venomous creatures um, and wrestling and wrestling. <laughs> we did talk a little bit about wrestling uh, before. You mean uh, Alter Bridge has been doing the Edge from WWE's entrance yeah. music for a long time. Um, he's he was in a feud with, uh, I forgot the name last time we talked, but hey, we get another take at this. Um, Judgment Day is a, is like his like big feud right now. And they, I think they revamped that song a little bit. I don't know if you're, if you guys were aware of that. Yeah. So um, the song, they're using a different song now. They're mm -hmm. using, um, I think the other side and uh, which is cool. I and mean, it's like, it's, I, we're just flattered that they're, they're still using stuff from our catalog um so that's uh that's great and it, it's it, it's fascinating because i i feel like in a lot of ways the, having metalingus as his entrance music is arguably one of the most important uh aspects of people discovering the bands over the years you know we've toured especially right. overseas like if we go somewhere um and, and if someone would come up and be like man i had no idea who you were but i i love that entrance music and then i then i discovered the band after that and so that's been great for us i mean we really are appreciative of that yeah i mean it's a great song too and the fact that they're using it and then the other side now um have you had uh, any chances of meeting edge yeah or, yeah yeah what's i he, met what's him he like because he's cool he's yeah. a massive man i mean yeah <laughs> he, yeah he's great they, they, they mostly tend to be i've, I've met a yeah. few and those wrestlers tend to be a little bigger than they look on tv they they are uh they're they're, <clears throat> they're giants and Built uh, different <laughs> but what's fascinating is how like when you see them out of that realm and they and they're articulate and they're you know very professional and um yeah i mean that that's the thing that kind of at first you're like you you expect that entity that you see on stage and then <clears throat> you get the other side of it which is which is really cool yeah i met him at uh it was at a house of blues in Orlando in probably 2004, like one of our first shows. And he was, he, he came to the show and I met him, met him briefly. He was really cool. Yeah. I love that Orlando house of blues, by the way, too. Yeah. I've been there in a long time, but that's, yeah. that's a cool one. You when was the first time you guys played there? First time? Shit. Probably around that time too, actually. By me. Okay. Maybe two, maybe 2003, 2004. Right. Probably had to have been around the same time because we did... I remember my first tour with the band was in 2002, just on the West Coast, like a two-week thing. And then we worked on our, our record, Waking the Fall, in 2003, released that, and did Warp Tour. And shortly after that is when we started to play some of the House of Blues a little bit more regularly. So I would imagine it was probably around that same time. Right, right. Now, you guys were, were you guys Warner Brothers initially? We were initially hopeless records. Well, there was another uh, label even before that that uh, you know the guys had signed with that was from a Belgian like company or something. They, uh -huh. Literally by like snail mail, they sent the contract 
uh, you know, the guys uh, were 18 at the time and were like, yeah, we got a record label, signed it and sent it back. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it was, it was a big debacle on that. But then we got picked up by Hopeless. Um, okay. And we did uh, Sounding the Seven Trumpet and Waking the Fallen on Hopeless Records. Okay. And then, um, uh, then we got signed to Warner after that. Okay. Do you remember, do you, it was, do you, know, do you know who Andy Alphon is? Uh, yeah, he's one of my very, very good oh, friends. Yeah. Andy's, Andy's awesome. So Dude, Andy. That's so funny because I, every time I see you, Miles, I feel like you could be in the Oliphant family. Like just by your, like, <laughs> you look, the way you talk and the way you look, I'm like, God, he reminds me of Andy so much. I'm so oh, weird. No that's kidding. weird that you brought it up and I didn't. Cause <laughs> How wild. So I've known, yeah, he's ahead. the best. I've known Andy since he was the very first A&R guy that gave a gave a damn about anything i was a part of it was mayfield four he came he flew to spokane yeah in 2006 yeah in i think it was in 2006 or 2000 early 2000 and i'm sorry 1996 that's how long that's going way back way way back yeah because i was gonna say i thought the mayfield four was uh, yeah yeah. was a little earlier than that that was earlier so he was the very first guy i'll never forget he gets here and we go like have pancakes somewhere and i'm like this is like this is great we're talking to like a real anr guy and we kind of actually i'm going to reach out to him because i haven't talked to him in a while but we i if i remember correctly i think we went to the rockstar premiere i think i i think i might have well his brother was in the movie timothy plays the the guitar player of mark's uh marky mark's original band original band i'm always gonna say marky mark i cannot say mark Wahlberg anymore i don't know why (laughs) i just uh, it's it's i know he's beyond that at this point probably in his career but i still i just it's just funny to me i'm a huge fan but like anyways I digress. Yeah, Timothy, uh, Timothy Oliphant is great too. I'm sure you guys, uh, he's great met on that set as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I've only had the pleasure of talking with Timothy a couple of times too, but yeah, Andy was the guy. It's funny. We have a similar story. He was the guy at Warner that came out and saw us on Warp Tour for the first time and then brought out Craig Aronson and Tom Wally to the next show. And he, he was the one that saw us first and was like, we got to get this band, blah, blah, blah. And he was the one really championing us to, to come over to Warner Brothers. That's cool. How that's that's wild. That is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. In fact, I, I I don't know if I ever told this story either. So I I think I rode with him to the premiere of Rockstar. Rad, big Hollywood thing, right? And I'm this kid from Spokane, and the mag. Once again, the magnitude of all of this. I'm like, I'm kind of a wall. I'm not really hardwired for a lot of that stuff. So he we he pulls up, and I think he's like, okay, there's like the red carpet. You know, with all the people and the red carpet, and he's like, "Okay, it's your time. You know, you're in the movie. Go, go, do your thing." I, I'm pretty sure this is how it played out. And me being me, what did I do? I went behind. I went behind all the photographers and just like <laughs> the whole red carpet because I'm just like I can't do this. Get is like it, setting my social anxiety off into a tizzy. I'm just get me into the theater. I love that. And this is, and this, this kind of answers the earlier question why we haven't seen Miles in a movie since. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. I ran for the hills. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it was, it's cool. It's amazing, but it's just a whole different scene. And, and it's, and it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy being a musician. I just yeah. want to rock. You just want to rock. Yeah. And you don't want to wake up that early, obviously. No. No, but let's get back. I'm going to come back to the Mayfield four and, uh, and Andy Oliphant in a second, but this seems like a good time to get back to that. Uh, the, the set of Rockstar story. Um, you were mentioning before to me, uh, that there was, 
there was a moment where you were like going to be, there was like a, a body double or something along the line. It had, so, had something to do with a body double with Mark, with Mark Wahlberg. I almost said Marky Mark again. And, uh, and then there was another celebrity that walked by at one point. Did you yeah. Tell, did you tell me that story again a little bit? Yeah. So I think I know which story, story you're talking about. So we finished. So <clears throat> the scenes, it was like, it was shot over three days for my part. And the first day, if I remember correctly, they brought in like a few actual bands. Like I th maybe Wasp was there. There were like some, some bands that would draw a lot of that like rock and roll crowd so they so, so they when could the film in the in the arena and stuff yeah, like that yeah gotcha. exactly so they could have the, the people in there and so we were shooting these scenes i'm dressed with the wig and the, the outfit and all that um and we get done and i'm heading back to my trailer and <clears throat> i felt like an idiot I'm, I'm not gonna lie i just did i just didn't feel comfortable for some reason at, at that moment just wearing this outfit it, it took me a while because i was day one that was day one of the shoot by the end yeah, of it you i was have your shirt off the streets yeah yeah and you had your shirt off under yet you're you're emulating mark Wahlberg's character in the thing and obviously what mark Wahlberg is ridiculously jacked even to this jacked. day he's oh, yeah. ridiculously good and you're like and i think you were talking about how you felt a little incompetent in the same outfit oh, yeah. incompetence <laughs> an understatement because when we when i read for the part i was like okay so do you want me to to attempt because mark Wahlberg is known for being very healthy and at, at that period i was kind of still in the middle of my party phase mm -hmm. i discovered the, the the magic powers of 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 kokanee beer and, and so, so i was yes so i was like yeah exactly so i'm the, i'm kind of the skinny like no muscle definition thing and then i've got i've got like this little beer gut going and i'm like well obviously i'm going to want to lose that for the part because you know i'm trying to emulate mark and they're like no no we're going to talk to mark and try and because it's more we want him to be more, a little more like tone tone that down and be a little more rock and roll or whatever like okay so do i change then like nope just keep doing what you're doing i'm like great <laughs> pass me another kokanee yeah know? there you go <laughs> and, and and so so i show up to the set when we started shooting and i and he comes out of the trailer and i'm just like he's he's just ripped and i'm like and i look down and i'm like oh man so yeah there's this you can see it there's one scene where we're both going for this high note and we both kind of lean back yeah, right yeah 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 and the long note and everything and our coats both kind of go back and he's just this chiseled you know perfect specimen and then my coat comes back and you kind of just see you can set a drink on it <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I got to go back and watch this for that scene alone. I've, I grew up loving this movie, by the way, or not even like it's, it's a staple, man. I, it has a good story, right? Too, in it. Like, in it all does. Seriousness, it's not it has a kind of great story. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, uh, and some amazing, uh, mu I mean, I don't know who the, who was the music director on this? Cause I mean, it, it was a, it was really well done musically too, yeah. to come up with those originals, original songs in there too, that really fit the era if that, that they were yeah. going for yeah there were a lot of really good tracks that were perfect for that i think um i think the song that we sang the stand up and shout song if i'm not mistaken was written by i think it was sammy hagar um i think wrote that wrote that track and uh yeah the the the, the gentleman who was um in steelheart great singer 
um, he was, I know he was involved. Um, Jeff Scott Soto was involved with doing like a lot of the, the vocals. I think he did a fair amount of vocals for some of the other actors. And yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a, a, a real, f- I'm with you. I mean, it was, that was a fun, that the eighties, that was a fun time. And mm-hmm. I felt like they did a good job of, of, of touching on the spirit of all of that. Um, and, and yeah, it was something that, and also I had no idea that it was going to have the staying power because when it was released, it was right on the heels of, or right before it was right around nine 11 when that happened. So obviously yeah, that's a, yeah, that. yeah, that's a buzzkill right there. So you're kind of like, well, that's, you know, out of respect for everything that was going on in the world at the time, a, a party movie about, you know, eighties rock is not going to probably, you know, you just, you assume that's it. And yeah, Fast forward 20 years later and it's gradually kind of, you know, made it's made the rounds and, and, uh, people seem to find certain joy still in find it. it. Yeah, and they're still finding the movie, you know, now with streaming yeah. services and stuff. And I know yeah. before even streaming services, it was, I, I would catch it on MTV two or VH VH one you know, when they right. started make their trend started making their transition into completely negating music. Um, on on those channels there, they were still playing like the, the, some movies that were music related and rockstar was one of them that I got to imagine. I I mean, the residuals on that for whoever gets paid on those got, got to be looking pretty these days. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even, in fact, I think you're supposed to, someone said, did you get your SAG card? I don't, cause I wasn't. I didn't come up in the the whole actor world, so I didn't oh, have a never had I a sad guy or anything. No, you know, I didn't know any of that stuff. No one told well, me. Oh, and back then it was separated. So now, as you know, I think you know the uh, after and sag like are combined. That's why. Oh, they are. So I don't know. Do you, you get those DVDs in the mail for when the uh, for your consideration and stuff? I don't. Really, so I, I should probably get on that. I should, should probably, probably get on that. So I get these DVDs every year for like my consideration as being part of the union or whatever, or something oh, wow. along those lines. And we get well, those sent every year. So I mean, it's silly now. Now I feel bad because I'm like, this just is like a waste of plastic. I, I'm kind of environmentally friendly. I'm like, this is kind of just a waste. Like <laughs> I can stream it in HD, and you're sending me a 480 DVD, man. Like that's, <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't even I didn't even think about send that. me a code or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's like they're sending eight track tapes for your consideration. I gotta I gotta pull out the DVD player and dust it off and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's that's funny. Somebody, I was just at a at a gathering a few nights ago, and a, and a real good friend of ours gave us a DVD to check out. I, it, was, it was some some movie, like a Gladiator movie, something that they were mm. like, "You got to check this out. It's really cool." And um, but then my wife and I got in the car, like, "Do we do we have a DVD player still? Like, where? where you know, it's just like <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> we got to track one of those down. We're gonna have to track one of those down." I recently was doing some cleaning in my basement, and I found. I found an audio cassette player. Oh, rad! And I'm just like, and I started looking through my audio cassettes. That I don't even know you if they still work. Have, do you still have a, still, like a bunch? I have a few, but the most important ones, the ones that I'm really eager to dig up, are the rehearsals because I used to record, you know, just bo- crappy boombox recordings of our rehearsals when I like in, in high school. Um, 
And so I want to hear, that's what I want to hear. I want to find those. Those are going to be some, there's going to be some real gems. You know, my, my voice hadn't even changed yet. So I'm like, <laughs> hey guys, let's play some scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that at, at some point that might've been a little easier without the, without the knowledge to hit those higher notes some of the times. Right. Yeah. But at that point I wasn't singing. That's what's that's interesting. Right, Cause I, you started out as a guitar player. You had no interest in singing. No interest. I got talked into doing, there was a, a battle of the bands. It was called the drug free rock off. And it was supposed to like, it was like a battle of the bands where there was a thing for the kids to do on a Friday night. And it was the theory. The theory was it would be drug free. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I have no idea. <laughs> oh yeah. Miles is, is watching himself of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Actually it's true. At that point I was a total, I didn't discover like I went through a phase. Let's just say that you know, I went through a little phase of kind of experimenting in my later twenties. But at that yeah. point, yeah, as a teenager, okay. I was a total, squeaky clean teenager. Okay. Pretty squeaky clean. <laughs> pretty boring i just wanted to rock right so anyways we get we get up there and i got talked into doing strangely enough i got talked into doing rock and roll because my i was the only kid who hadn't hit puberty yet and i could hit the no, hit the notes and that was it so we did the, the zeppelin tune and then we did we think we did uh some from 20, 2012 by rush somebody did that and then we were just trading vocals but that was it um and then I didn't sing again for for a few years. I just wanted to play guitar. Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to shred. And we're um, Anna again from the Discord pointed out too. Weren't you a, a, a guitar teacher at one point? Did you teach guitar in Spokane? Yeah, I taught I taught guitar for quite a while. I was kind of I was I was just trying to kind of hustle. You know, I'd play mm -hmm. gigs at night. I'd do session work. I'd play on like you know people would hire me to play on whatever play guitar um and then i then i teach in the back of a music store and and that was really great for me because you know if a student would bring in something like i had this one student she was amazing she brought in she wanted to learn and she's only like 14 she wanted to learn eruption mm. i'm like okay so that means i got to transcribe it so we yeah. sat there took two like two months every week she'd just sit there patiently and i'd sit there you know transcribe transcribe interruption and and uh, had you already known uh, how to play that at that point or i knew parts some, of it yeah because a, a lot of times you know i know that you learn parts of something that you really right. love but you know the finger tapping part i knew yeah to, okay cool so yeah right. and i i, I want to ask a, while you were talking about that i was just do, is there a part of you that ever misses that mo those moments where you were kind of hustling? You were you were very ingratiated in in the music, um, and just every day, every morning, every night was music for you. It it man, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I, I'll never forget the first day of going. To, I went to music school for like two years and got a degree in uh, commercial music jazz studies and. And I remember that first day, it was just all music, no English, no math. All I did was music all day. And then I'd go gig at night. Mm -hmm. And it was like f f it was six nights a week. So we'd gig at this place called Gatsby's here in Spokane when it was open. And that was four sets, um, four sets, yeah, six nights a week. And then get up and have to go to music theory at eight in the morning and then and then you know jazz improv and it was just but it was just all day every day and then teaching on the weekends during the day if i wasn't going to school but I, yeah i was i was hustling i was just like trying to survive and then once i got out of school two years later then i was really hustling because i'm trying to eat 
you know, and I'm trying to pay the insurance on my, on my big 1977 station wagon. <laughs> you had a 77 station wagon. Yes. The Chiquita. It was this massive. So my grandfather, he worked for uh, GM and, and I basically, and this is the same grandfather that was a world war two. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he worked for G for Pontiac for like a long 40 years or something crazy. So I basically, yeah, inherited this station wagon that by that point was already, I don't know, 13 years old or whatever. It was, it was, it was old. And, and, and I was not cool driving the station wagon. My friends all, here comes miles driving the Chiquita. Cause it was yellow. It was this massive. It was like the family truckster from vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday <Yeah. road>. oh, <laughs> that movie is the best. It's so good. I love this. I love the theme song. I love the movie so the much. Uh, Holiday road comes on. I'm yeah. fucking ready to go. <laughs> Isn't that, I think it's Lindsay Buckingham. Is if it? I'm not, I think so. It's yeah. a great song. It is a great song. It's the only thing I know it from. That's I mean, like, I've never it's, really heard it outside of those yeah, movies. Me neither. It's, it's but there's so song. many little lines from that movie. Like my, it's just kind of like the John Candy when they show up to the park. And, Sorry, folks. Park's closed. Moose up front should have told you. Yeah. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from The Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Little things like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> such a great movie. But I mean, the, the station, right? Did you call it the Chiquita, the right? Chiquita. Chiquita, yeah. yellow station wagon. I just got to paint the picture here, man. And <laughs> got yellow station wagon cruising around, hustling from gig to gig, from from teaching teaching school to going to school and gigging just to pay the yep. bills, paying on a seventy seven. That, by the way, that's a legendary car. Like it might not have been cool at the time, but you think about it now. I think that's got to be. If I see someone driving around a station wagon right now from the seventies. Mad respect. Just mad respect. Mad respect. Mad respect. <laughs> and even better if they put a lift kit on it. <laughs> we actually, we actually, you remember Gremlins or the AMC Pacers? Remember those cars? Yeah, they were really the Gremlins funny. was a, was made famous by uh, Wayne's World. The, the, the exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there was one here where I live for, for years. I don't know who the guy was, but he, mad props to him wherever you are. He'd put a math, he'd put a lift kit. He'd utilize a lift the kit gremlin. with the gremlin and it was so cool. Like, so but did he the have top. the licorice dispenser? I got to know if he had the licorice dispenser. I'm sure he did. Sure he <laughs> In did. my mind, he definitely had that. No, I, I bring up like the, the love for the music at that, at that point, just to, 
I don't know, maybe for some of the listeners and people at home, like you're living, you're eating, you're breathing it and, you know, trying to pay the bills on it, struggling to pay the bills. But as you said, you still loved that moment, you know, and I just want to point out to people who might get discouraged that they won't maybe make it on the stage that, that you're, you're, you or I are sharing and stuff like that to, the, to that degree. If you love the music, if you have that passion for the music, you can you can absolutely make a career out of it in, in, in many different ways, right? And still share that love that, that you and I both do, right? Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I think that's really important. You know, it's that there was a guy that I got turned on to around that period and he's like comparative philosophies and religions and his, 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 his name was um, Joseph Campbell. And he had like this saying, it was follow your bliss. It was the idea of, you know, at least the way I take that is, you know, do what you love. And, and I have lived my life by that. And it, and I'm, I'm so glad that I have, because I'm, I love it. I love what I do. I'm, I'm following my bliss. And, and not only do I get to make myself happy, but I see it make the people that I'm performing for happy as well. Um, not everybody, but some people. <laughs> <laughs> well, those festivals where you're opening up for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. We've all had those shows. Yeah, We've all right. had those shows. There's always that Especially guy early out. on, we go back to those 2004 days, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. Those were those were the days. But still, you know, you're 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 doing what you love, right. and and even if it's not, and I think that's what what's really interesting. Like when I think back to those hungry days when I was like. I was just getting by, you know, I'd get a mm-hmm. dollar, I'd get, I'd take a dollar and go down when I was working at this music store and I, there was a, uh, an Asian restaurant I'd spend a dollar on this little box of rice and that's what I'd eat for lunch pretty much every day. Cause that's all I could afford. But there's a certain, like, now that I think about it, even though it's probably, probably wasn't the healthiest thing in the world, there's a certain romance to all that. And it's like, you're paying your dues and you're hustling and you're, and, and I'll never forget we did our first record with Jerry Harrison, Mayfield Ford did. Um, so we ended up after meeting people like Andy and whatnot, we ended up signing with us with the Epic records and we used uh, Jerry Harrison, who was the guitar player for the talking heads. And he produced that first record with Mayfield. Oh, shit. I didn't realize and, I was, yeah. was going to ask you that was, but that, you just nailed it. I mean, yeah. He'd just done like that. the big live the records heads. and he was, yeah, he was on, he was, he was on fire and I learned a lot from him. And, but he said that he said, these, these are the times you're going to remember when you're out mm-hmm. touring in a van, when you're barely able to get by, this is the stuff you will remember. And you'll look back with the fondest memories. And he, he turned out to be right. Not that I don't love doing what we're, you know, traveling in buses and course, playing big yeah. stages. That's amazing. That's the dream. Right. But there's also something about that whole, you know, all for one, one for all, you're all fighting for the same cause. You, and you don't know what's coming around the corner for yeah. all, you know, it's not going to happen, but you're still, I'm just blocking. My yeah. Head. I was like, <laughs> I, I was wondering if you were being really poetic about the way you're angling. Like, <laughs> I was like, is this a new, like, <laughs> I was waiting for like the most poetic, like ending go. to that, to that soliloquy. <laughs> Oh, oh that is no. fantastic. No, but I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it is it is for me too. Those are like very fond memories. I mean, I I didn't even go to college or a music school of any kind. The road was my college. The road was my music right. school. Um and I still, you know, to this day it seems like it was just yesterday in so many ways and I'm still with the same guys. I've and I understand how incredibly fortunate I am to have 
gotten to the position that I'm at, the position that you're at, how fortunate we are. But my point is to all that is I don't think it would have changed aside from the monetary and the quote unquote fame, whatever that is, the passion for music would have still been there no matter what. And I would have found a way of something to do in music. Um, whether it is eventually having to get a nine to five job and then gig, gig on the nights and weekends it's, or whatever it may be working at a studio, finding that, that, that thing, you know, cause it, it's true. We we're very fortunate to get to, to, for whatever reason, the stars aligned and we get to do what we do on stage as well, you know? And I think it's important for people to hear that, you know, I know for myself and I imagine for you, it just, we're very humbled by that. It's not like we're sitting there going, oh, I made this happen, fucking right. all that shit. You know that the stars are aligning for that because there's so much talent out there. I mean, you've you've taught so much talent over the years, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and you find you find yourself going, why? You, you, I don't know. I've asked myself this a billion times. Why me? Yeah. You know, like, why did I? How did this happen? Because I do. I know guys who are way. I grew up. Gosh, the guy I grew up in, in that band with when we you know, playing that bar, even though, you know, six nights a week, Joel was his name. Mm. He's way better guitar player than I was. And he's one of the best guitar players I've ever to this day. He was, he was like a prodigy. And it's like, you know, it's, so it's like, I realize how crazy lucky I've been and it sounds like you do too. And that's, that, that's great because I think it makes us a, obviously appreciate what we do and not take it for granted, but it also makes you work harder. Yeah. You know, it's like, you. I, for me, I still feel that kind of, you kind of trying to prove yourself that you're still always, especially out among your peers. You gotta, you gotta. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I just, I just hope that people watching and listening at home, um, who are looking to have a career in music and stuff like that, take that to heart and, uh, really listen to what Miles is saying here. It's, uh, it's really important if to, like you said, follow your bliss and whatever yes. that is. And if music Damn. is your bliss. Don't ever give it up. Don't, it doesn't matter. Don't ever give it up. Um, anyways, let's get back to Mayfield 4 real quick, and then we'll wrap it up by the end of that rock star story. Okay, we, cool. Because it, it, it's just too good how we're compartmenting this, the rock right. star set of, uh, <laughs> of that filming. But I wanted to ask a little bit more about uh, Mayfield 4 and how you got uh, Mark uh, from Alter Bridge oh. together. And, because there was a really fun transition to me in there. Um, in Mayfield 4, you guys are doing like a lot of, r&b influence stuff right like yeah we did um, some covers and stuff we did we did a cover of a um, hold on one second mozart has made mozart's, it his parents and there it is mozart so it's sola and mozart we're gonna have to get these yeah. two together at some we, point we are hey, well, now he's he's taken off okay good hopefully it'll stay <laughs> that way he's it's very demanding um jeez <laughs> oh, he's such a no Oh, he's got monkey. Okay, you got monkey. Okay, you're good. Oh, he's, he's got, got he's got his got his toy. His toy, yeah. yeah so that's she should be good. So yeah, um, <clears throat> so so Mayfield, we did. We loved, we loved, you know, rock and roll. Like Zia and I, the the drummer, we were in that band together back as kids. The with even the, the, the audio cassettes I was talking about. You know, he was the drummer, and we were playing a lot of these rock songs. But then as the '90s came about, then we discovered like Jeff Buckley, and we discovered Radiohead, and but we also discovered like Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder and we were absorbing all this music trying to figure out how to kind of do our thing so we covered on the first Mayfield 4 record we covered um, Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye which is one of my favorite songs of all times one of the most badass bass lines ever I mean it's just such a groovy bass line and so we, we covered that and um, 
just to kind of, as a tip of the hat um, to, to, to all of that and what it meant, meant to us. So then fast forward, you know, I don't know. Well, we toured. We ended up doing a tour on, uh, on that record and we opened for Creed just as they were blowing up. So this was like 98. And that's when I had brief interaction with some of those guys and then got a call in like five years later, four years later, whatever it was when they were interested in putting another project together. And then as of January 2nd in 2004, you know, Alter Bridge was born. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and I know Mark has a little bit of a, uh, um, jazz backgrounds and you had a little bit of the R and B backgrounds. And, uh, we were talking a little bit about, uh, uh, records and, and vinyl and, and your cassettes and stuff. You guys, you guys must've been sharing, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the record collections sharing songs with each other, right. Earlier on or, not it's interesting early on um so for me i even though i came from kind of a, a jazz and fusion and r&b background i mm. didn't i didn't know mark was into that and i don't know if he was at that point to the degree that he is now it seems like he's really gotten into you know frank sinatra and the great american songbook which i think as a songwriter is so important because those songs yes. were they're such well-crafted songs and so I'm really happy to see that. So now it's we just did a press run over over in, in Europe, and it's great because we're talking about these versions of these songs and these crooners who sang them, and and I and I think that I think that's important, you know, other than just being locked in the in the hard rock or metal genre, is that you you pull from these other these other influences. I mean, that's one of the things I mean, we've talked we talked about my love for the Beatles, yeah. and and since then I've gone just absolutely like crazy i'm i don't know what's going on but it's been beatles or george harrison for months here at the house like it's driving my wife crazy and i've <laughs> really really gotten into that first george harrison solo record um and it's a great and one man it's so good it's so good and and but what you realize is what he did brilliantly was he took all these different influences you know he was studying with robbie shanker and, and he had yeah. these obviously had his, his rock chops but he also had this multiple uh multiple genres he was integrating into what he was doing which gave him his his musical voice and i think that that's that's really important that's i agree really important. i agree man I, I think i think that's one thing that uh, yeah i understood when i was like a teenager like i was like well, young teenager when i discovered punk rock it's all i listened to and I listened to metal before that, and I was like, I was abandoning metal for a while. I was like, oh, no, I don't like that shit anymore. Right, right, I only right. like one genre. And now I'm like, you know, as a kid, you don't know any better. But, like, it's so funny to see now. It's just like, it's all music. It's all art. It's all, there's something great right. in all of it. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's, 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 it's a human creation when you really break it down to what it is. So it's like, it's beautiful at some, at some level in every genre. And uh, to be able to pull from that. I mean, I, I rarely, li I don't know about you, but I rarely listen to hard rock music anymore. I'm, I mean, I still create it sometimes, you know, but we're a pretty eccentric band, you know, we, we, we're kind of all over the place. Um, but when I'm listening to music, when I'm just going to chill, and I'm not even just chill, but I'm going to listen to music, period. It's rare that I'm listening to hard rock these days. I gotta, I gotta yeah. admit it. I know. It's funny. I, f I feel the exact same way. Uh, and I think that's just part of just discovering all the, there's just so many great flavors to, to take in musically. And it's just, it's, it's kind of mind blowing really. But while I, the way I look at it is while I'm on this planet, 
I want to absorb as much of it as I can and enjoy as much of it as I can. And then when we go into our roles as rock guys, you somehow, you've integrated that into your musical DNA and then hopefully you can spit it out in a unique way to what you've absorbed. You know, and I guess that if you just listen to the classic, like great hard rock and metal records, that's great. I mean, those are, you can go back and listen to Black Sabbath all day long. I mean, they were the, they set up the blueprint, right? Right. But if you're just absorbing that, maybe... I don't know. I mean, personally, I, I think it's interesting if you're also absorbing some of the stuff they were absorbing. I mean, like well, that's that I was they love glad the you that. Ah, so glad you brought that up is a lot of a lot of times. That's how you get the new music, the new the new sound. It's it's combining everything It's like you can't just keep creating the new sound. I mean, I guess you can. What a right. Each their own music is is very much. Uh, it's an opinion uh, how it's a, it's a taste. It's a flavor. It's but there's beauty in all of it, right? Because it's all art, and uh, but it's all pull like all your favorite artists, like like you, like or like like what we're talking about here is we stand on the shoulders of of giants here, you know. Like yeah. that it's it, so it's great to pull from that too. I don't want to, you know, I, I want the I want the whole spectrum, man. I want to know right. as much as I possibly can about everything. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I love that standing on the shoulder of giants. That's that's how I. You know, we're just carrying the torch and we're going to pass it on to a, another generation eventually. And and hopefully they'll have the same philosophy and continue and, and, the, and the art form will con- continue to blossom. Because what you I don't think what either one of us would want to see is 20 years from now or whatever, that it's just regurgitating what has already been, you know, yeah. that's. I mean, you could pay tribute, you know, you could, you have Absolutely. bands that do that well and they kind of touch on a certain genre or a certain uh, time period and they do it well, but yeah. you want to see that evolution. And show, show that homage where the, where the influences right. on your sleeves. Absolutely. Like, right. Like carbon copies. It's just, it's, if you're going to do it, it's fine, whatever. But you know, we don't right. need to, we don't need to judge um, other people's art, how they come to it. But for, I think for, I could speak for you too on this, uh, for guys like us. I don't think that that's what, what what our goal here is. Is it is to kind of pass the torch and you know on as you said while we're here on this planet, you want to hear all that stuff. You want to be a part of it all and like right. and being closed minded to oh I'm only going to listen to this or that just it cuts all that off. Yeah, you're not doing yourself any good. But we've all been there. I mean, it's funny you were totally. talking about the, the punk rock period and for me it was you know like it was it was there was that period of metal whatever. It's like it's not it's not heavy enough and. Right. You know, and then you wake up one day and you're like, wait a minute here. That's like, but I like, I kind of like, and then you sheepishly tell your, your buddies, you're like, yeah, yeah but I, I also like don't like this too. It's just me. And then they're like, yeah, I like that too. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what ends up happening. That's a hundred percent how it happens. And, and to that point too, lastly on that topic, it doesn't mean you stop listening or loving that hard rock stuff right. or anything like that. It's just, there's more room. There's more room on the palette than just, uh, just one yep. thing. And I, I want to make sure that we get each other's numbers at the end of this one because I want to exchange uh, some albums. We were saying, I, I was telling you before about uh, my record collection that has mostly jazz and classical stuff that I inherited from my grandfather. And uh, I, I remember we were talking about it. There's uh, some Dizzy Gillespie in there. There's some uh, uh, Duke Ellington, um, a lot of Sinatra. There's like there's a lot of great records, uh, you know. Now, I want to I hear some of the cassettes, man. Now that I know you found some cassettes and cassette players, I want to know what's in that collection. I used to have a pretty wicked uh, cassette collection, too. I have no idea where it's at these days, but I don't have a basement. We don't have basements in Orange County, man. So, 
<laughs> well, it's good because basements flood. That's the problem with basements. <laughs> Trust me, I've learned learned my lesson there, and I'm hoping that all the the, hum, the humidity and all that hasn't ruined some of that stuff. But yeah, I've got these I've got these tapes. I found these cassettes. I found, and and it's it's just so it's such a you know you you open up the little box and you get the same feeling that you got when you were playing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this forever. Like, I didn't even know I had this anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the beauty of it, you know. Now, that's part of it. Is it like the now when you have the cassettes? Is it like the the chrome look to them with like just like a uh, a piece of tape on it, or you got the black plastic? What kind of what kind of tapes were you recording on there? They were like they were so they're the kind of the the see through ones, and then there were the ones, old yeah. school ones which were full on black plastic. Yeah, um, but then there are also just the ones you buy like. And then so you put the, the did you ones. ever put the, oh, you bought the blank ones. So sometimes. Well, no, there were the blank record. ones, but they're also the, like the ones you buy from the record company, you know, with the, yeah. which were like, you know. Did you I ever do know. the scotch tape uh, trick on, on any records? Y yeah. Where you cover the, uh, the cover the two ends yeah. so you could record over it yes. like on a, re yes. on a tape that you didn't like anymore or, or sometimes as, as you were recording music, as, as you're saying, there would be like. You know, those sample tapes, cassettes that came through, like some some other people might remember sample CDs. They had the sample tapes that literally had one song. They're singles, but they would they would send them in the mail. Like for whatever reason, you would get like this this cardboard sleeve and this shitty cassette tape. Right. And instead of like you listen to the song once, you're like, that song's terrible. And then you just like <laughs> cover it up and use it to record a song you heard on the radio or record a song that you're working yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> Although it makes me wonder now, given our conversation, how many of those that we covered up that we would listen to now and be like, oh, that's good. You know, like oh, we, totally. I would jack. go back to it now and be like, man, I'm so bummed I did that. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe I recorded over Miles Davis kind of blue. What, what was <laughs> I hope I didn't do that. I don't know. I was pretty young. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. That's yeah. blasphemy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's been an amazing to have a conversation, get to know you even better, man. It's yeah. It, this is uh, this is feeling like a good, long-lasting friendship, man. I appreciate definitely, the time. definitely. Things wanna, happen for a reason. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, well, well, I'm gonna get your number in a second when we hit when we stop the record here. But lastly, I gotta get back. We're kind of tying in that sure. that rock star thing. Last we left off, yeah. You got the you got the gut ready to put the beer can on, and, and you're, you're dueling up with the the great Mark Wahlberg, um, looking jacked as hell. Um, and uh, let, let's go from there on the story. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, we we wrapped that that night, and I'm walking back to the trailer. Sun's kind of going down. Now keep in mind, everybody kind of showed up for this night of filming because the bands were there and there's all these people and kind of excitement and Jennifer Aniston is in the film. And so she was at the time married to Brad Pitt. And so I'm, I'm walking back to the trailer kind of with my, you know, head down. Cause I still haven't gotten used to wearing this stuff yet. And I feel kind of, kind of funny, but <laughs> then I look up and there's Brad Pitt just walking right by me and just kind of like, kind of looks at me and, kind of looks me up and kind of smiles like okay you know i just felt i felt i was just like so it made you brad pitt made you feel about this baby. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly in all fairness miles though i'm sure most of most of us men standing next to uh uh brad pitt especially at that time probably even now would feel about that big so oh yeah yeah he definitely was beaming movie star yeah he's it, he's one of those guys who comes on the tv or the movie and my wife you know 
The ladies love Brad. <laughs> I don't even I don't even blame him though, man. I've I've watched I, all of his movies. He's a great actor on top of it. Yes. Which, which makes you almost be like, God, some guys just get it all, right? Like like me, you know, but um but <laughs> Yeah, he does and he also seems to have like a big heart. I, I I like the fact that he's done, you know, he's done good things. He's the, he's, yeah. he's he's got altruistic motives. He also has he seems to have good taste in music, and he's also like an architecture fan. And I love architecture as well, and he's really into that whole scene. So he yeah, he seems like a good, well-rounded human being. So props yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, just getting that look from Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'll never forget I, it. I'm, I'm understanding more and more why we haven't seen Miles Kennedy in a movie. <laughs> <A> movie. <laughs> The, the way that you're describing a lot of it, like, it was great, it was great, it was great, but then Brad Pitt walked by. Dude, again, such a great conversation. We could do, we could keep this thing going for another two hours. I know Absolutely. that. We'll have you back on. We'll do a follow-up phone call, all those wonderful things. But uh, I'll let you get back to the rest of your day, Mozart, and we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch, brother. Right on. Right. Thank you. Cheers. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to Miles for being on the show. Thanks to you guys for listening. There is obviously so much more to get into with Miles, and I plan on doing that later on this week. So make sure that you are following the podcast right here, wherever you're listening. Uh, that that chat, that follow-up phone call is only going to be available here. So as I said, make sure you're following and if you were listening at the beginning of this show, at the beginning of this uh, intro there, I was talking a little bit about the hot sauce that we sold out of over this weekend. We might do another run of it, but I forgot to mention, we also have a t-shirt and a new hoodie up there. That's all at drinkswithjohnny.com, as well as uh, downloadable stencils for your pumpkin carving this year. Uh, you can also enter in a contest to win a chance to watch a horror movie of your choice simply by getting one of these stencils. You could get them by uh, ordering a t-shirt or a new hoodie for free, or you could simply just purchase the stencils. It's a download thing, and then you uh, you know use them, carve your pumpkin, do the best you can, tag us uh, with those pictures of your pumpkins. I will go through and find the one that I believe is the best, so it is up to my discretion. And uh, then you get to pick a horror movie to watch with me. Uh, that might be uh, done virtually, or if you're local, maybe we'll even we'll even watch it together someplace. But um, at any rate, if you if that sounds like something you want to do, you want to enter in that contest, make sure you head over to drinkswithjohnny.com or follow us on all social media platforms for all the details on that. Uh, that's it for this uh, for this episode right now. We'll talk to you later in the week. Until then, as always, cheers. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. 
Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>